Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the Battlefield of Life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in, hit the track, onwards! Episode 31, bam bam, 31, mm-mm, 31, this is the 31st episode of the Battle Future, how the fuck are you? Uh, as always, I hope you're safe, I hope you're well, welcome to another episode, thank you to everyone who got in touch, uh, who listened, um, and who shared episode 30, a milestone, a marker, 3-0, um, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Where the fuck have you been? Huh? Top quality podcasting right here. Um, if you if you are listening to this, um welcome. What a strange thing to say, Scott, you fucking moron. Um, um what I'm trying to say is the podcast, the Battlefield Show, is available on every goddamn podcast player that you can imagine. Spotify, yes. Apple Podcasts, you're damn right. SoundCloud, uh-huh. Acast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast from, the Battlefield Show is available. So if you haven't already, once you've listened to the episode, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every single episode into your little player, whether it be your phone or tablet, as it drops. And if you're enjoying the show and you want to support me 
or the Battlefield show further and get yourself access to special content, extra goodies. Oh, yes, please. Then become a Patreon. Very easy to do. Go to my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk or head to patreon.com forward slash bigscottgibson and sign up for as little as $5. If you do that, you will get a minimum of eight podcast episodes a month including specials, including access to the Officer's Mess, the interview show, before anyone else, comedy albums, and some fancy goodies as time goes on and normality is restored. So do that today. Episode 31. Um, What a fucking week, eh? Since we last spoke, what a bloody week. First of all, let's address some issues at home. Um, who knew that to get men of the older generation to recycle, all you had to do was allow them to fill old milk cartons with booze? Who knew? Eh? Think of the millions, and I mean millions, of taxpayers' money that has been wasted over the years employing marketing agencies, you know, graphic designers, bringing in legislation. We've got to save the turtles, you know. Name their plastic straws in the pubs because turtles are fucking sticking up their bums and making some kind of turtle daisy chain together. It's horrible out there. It has to end. The amount of times... Battered husbands will have returned for the bar, you know, fearfully approaching their wife. Where's your gin and tonic in? Where's my fucking straw, Franco? They, they can't, they don't need straws in because of the turtles. I don't give a fuck, Franco. How am I meant to drink this without a straw? I'm going to smudge my lipstick. And nobody got on board, you know? Nobody got on board. Holes in the ozone layer. For years we've been talking about it. Global warming, eh? Temperature rising, sea levels, fucking wiping out villages, eh? Parts of Greenock, you need a boat to get to. You know? Punters queuing up Little Port Glasgow just to fucking get a two-man dinghy so they can go and see their granite at the weekend. Flooding. Everyone's saying... You've got a blue bin, you've got a green bin, you've got a yellow bin, and you've got a purple bin, right? Everything has to get washed and put in. Oh, I can't be fucked with this carry-on. Not a chance, no. My father never recycled, his father never recycled, and they lived till they were fucking 41, a happy, long, healthy life. I'm the recycling. Everything governments did, everything governments did. And all they had to do in order to get the lost generation to recycle, was to say to them, lads, see that plastic container you've got in the house? Aye, I see it, aye. See if you wash it out. Oh, hold on a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean washing my rubbish? No, listen, listen, listen. Wash out the milk container, right? And then bring it to the pub. And he'll fill it with beer. Shut the fuck up. I'm telling you, mate. I'm telling you. Imagine that. Two litres. Two litres of 80 shilling, eh? <laughs> I'll take uh, 
I'll tell you, a semi skimmed uh, I hate a shilling, please, mate. Aye, right to the top. That's the game, son. That's the game. The weekend just gone. Um, lockdown rules have been relaxed. Relaxed in the sense of everybody's went, uh, fuck it. Yeah, nah. People have just gone crazy. What they've heard is, they've heard the government, they've heard uh, Sturgeon, our fearless leader, say lockdown rules have been relaxed. And what's happened is, I've now realised that everybody currently residing in Scotland fluently speaks Scots Gaelic because I didn't know if, if you're aware, but the word relaxed in Gaelic means over. So they've heard lockdown rules relax and they've went to the fucking parks we go. People who have never barbecued in their fucking lives suddenly barbecuing everywhere. This morning, uh, taking the tour manager out for his for his daily walk and his daily brief um, as to what lies ahead and, and his duties. There's a there's a bit near where I live called Leith Links. Uh, effectively, a bit of grass, big bit of grass, right? Every I was even I was going to say every two meters. It was less than that. Just black squares of burnt out grass. You know where scumbags have taken their two pound disposable barbecues and fucking bastardized a sausage. I mean, that, that isn't a... I'm not going to get into a debate as to whether I know that's barbecue, because it's no barbecue. It's effectively just fucking cremating a sausage. We, we saw a, a group of people on... I say people. I use the term loosely. There was a, a, a gentleman. Again, I use that term loosely. We'll refer to him as the father at this point. Um, I couldn't tell how many of the kids were his... Um, but I, I assume a lot, and then three women, now this could be some kind of modern cell where he has three wives, uh, it may be a benefit scandal, I don't know, but there was uh, four what you would maybe class as adults, uh, and between them, seven kids, um, carnage, making their way along the street, um, I, I understand, off to the park, and father was uh, sinking bottles of Budweiser on his walk to the park. The we've all seen the pictures of the the state that people have left places in, you know, whether it be beaches, whether it be parks, whether it be uh, beauty spots, <laughs> and and what's get it's not that feeling of I told you so, but the idea that we believed something could change in people when the the lockdown started. You know, if you can be anything, be kind. This idea that people were going to come out with a, a better sense of, of themselves, of family, of of the area they live in, of of the world, of, of the of the of the planet. You know how, how everything is, is affected by us. Maybe they don't read the news, maybe they don't Look at some articles, I imagine there's not many of them who will have maybe opposing views on the social media feeds. So they may be unaware of how the planet's health has improved since lockdown. 
And the first thing people do is they make a fucking mess. They just make a mess. And and the thing that gets me right is that nobody even addresses it. Like, no one even just says, like, if people walk away going, are you going to clean that? Do you mean, no, you, no even taking responsibility for it. So I, I was queuing for a, I was queuing to go to the pub, right? And this bit wasn't the problem. I was fine with this because, to be fair, it was a pub down at Leith Docks in Edinburgh. And the pub is right on the edge of the water, on the edge of the docks. And the queue was round the block, and it was basically two people in the pub at a time, right? Now, I've seen some pubs set up a table at the at the door to the pub, or they've got like a, a bank of windows open, and they're serving people like through a hatch kind of thing. This pub couldn't do that, so it was two people in the pub at a time. And from what I understand, the first person in the pub stood at a kind of railing inside the bar, and the person in front of them would be at the bar, and then when they were served, there was a way for you to go out, to be fair to them, so you were always social distancing, nobody got in anybody's way, right, so you can't, you can't knock them for that, that's right, and they had markers outside, and to be fair again, everybody who was queued up was two metres apart, if not more, right, the other thing that got me is this is an old man's boozer, like this is spitting sawdust, like a shitty pub, a pub that was in the news not that long ago for having a couple of running battles outside it, right? That kind of pub. A pub that, I imagine, is old Leith. You know? So if you think about, like, everything in Edinburgh has been gentrified. Every area. There's nothing left, right? Of, like, old, you know, working class fucking scumbags, right? So this is the last pub that's, I imagine, when the owner uh, dies... Uh, you know, of of knife crime, then it'll be gentrified. Turns out hairdressers. But it was interesting to see the people who were queuing up because in my head I'm thinking there's not a chance in hell you would be near this fucking pub unless it wasn't for this pandemic. And everybody's queuing up, all these old guys with a one pair of shorts because it's scorching. Get my shorts down for the loft, Sandra. It's fucking boiling outside. And off he's gone. I need a jug hen. I need I need some kind of jug. No, we never realised that you need to have a, a lid on it, right? Because I had seen people standing outside pubs with these big two pint pitchers. So I thought maybe you would you could buy a glass and then we thought we'd better take it on. And we ended up taking two of these Huel, uh, you know, the smoothie shaker things, but without the lids. So we weren't getting served, basically. Long story short. But I found it quite interesting the amount of men who were queuing up with their with their milk cartons. Now, the thing that then got me was, after everybody left the pub, to be fair, it felt as if it was like two cities, right? Like two worlds fighting each other. Because on this side of the, the bank, which has the pub on, which runs um, quite a distance, I'd say over 100 metres, right, is the length of it from where the pub was to across the bridge to where you, you could walk to, right? And on this side of the of the water... Couples were sitting, and they were they were spaced quite a significant distance apart, right? And that's one thing that I've enjoyed about this lockdown is I hate when I'm sitting somewhere, and there could be a bit of space around you, and somebody will just walk up and go, "Do you mind if I sit there?" And no, you obviously have to say no. But party's just like, "Yes, fuck off." Why do you have to sit near? Just give me one space fuck off, but you go, of course, no, let me move my jacket, and you can sit down, you can't even know, there's fucking harness of space over there, you fucking wankstain, and then, 
you know, you maybe take 30 seconds and they go, such a nice day in it. And then you talk to them, but in your head you're just like, fucking die. So everyone was spaced out quite a bit. But the other side of the water was the lads. I would say a conservative estimate, if I was playing it low, would be 40 men gathered together. 40 dads, right? Now, when I say dads, I mean people who could be my dad, right? I'm not talking about guys in like their late 20s that have got three wins, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about men 50 plus easily, right? Mid 50s plus. Just a group of dads standing. Head to toe in Primark, right? Open sandals, a few football jerseys. It did look as if there was like an away day. Easter Road, that's what it looked like, it looked like a, an away firm of pensioners, who back in their day, back in the day some used to fucking crack skulls, now nah, I mean, it looked as if an old firm had been gathering at the docks, ready to make their way Easter Road, that's what it looked like, I don't know if it was like a kind of, a dad's net, you know, you get these mum's net hanging, and they go on the lamp going, my baby has started seeing rusk for just two weeks. Does this mean he's a fucking genius? Like, get some pals and get our fucking mum's net. I don't know if there's a secret society of old dads, you know, they communicate through Nokia 3310s, right? Sending SOS messages to each other, you know? Polyphonic ringtones going off. Whenever an old guy hears a polyphonic ringtone, he fucking kicks into action. He fucking does, he can't. Relax, Dad, relax! Shut up, Siri, or Alexa, whoever you are. This thing never, never says a word. And then as soon as I start podcasting, she pipes up. Maybe that's why you find wee bookie pens everywhere. Maybe there's Dad's net is leaving secret messages to each other. You know, sometimes you'll be down the street and you just find a wee bookies pen and you're like, there's no bookies in here. Dad's net. We're going to meet by the docks, bring your milk balls. <laughs> so it does feel as if, again, the, the this whole lockdown situation, right, is, is, is proving that the average person in this country cannot follow simple instructions they can't follow simple instructions the average person right the average person can't follow arrows run a supermarket the average person can't stay two meters away from the next person the average person can't understand that they they can't go and visit people they shouldn't be standing in somebody's garden talking to them through the window the average person doesn't understand that so when you start to slacken these lockdown rules one, even one percent, it's fucking game over, it's game over, as much as this has been very, very hard for everybody, as soon as those rules were slackened, that was it finished, it's, it's effectively, the way I see it now, when I'm either out with the dog, or maybe I'll go for a drive if I need to go to the supermarket. The volume of people that I see in the street now, everything's back to normal, with the exception of people are only at work and shops on the open. But that's the only difference. The the volume of people that are out, 
the groups of people, the gatherings, everything's back to normal. And that's the problem with giving people a little bit, is that they take a mile. The government should have kept us in lockdown, full lockdown, until this was over. And then said, everyone's back to work, and that's it, finished. Because this slackening is is no helping anyone. Now, either, and this is when all the conspiracy theories pipe in, because either this whole COVID-19 pandemic situation is not as bad as it's been made out, or maybe it has finished, maybe there is no second wave. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just starting to feel like... It's starting to feel like too many people now are in the camp of, I don't give a fuck anymore. And it, it, it feels as if, it feels as if to me, it feels as if the pandemic or the, or the, or the virus has lost its, has lost its power, for want of a better word. It's, it's no serious anymore. That's what it feels like. And the stuff for the schools going back, and I get it, there's some teachers going like, I can't believe that this is happening, and they're sending the children back. You're going, just, sh- do you know what? Just stop, man. Just stop, right? Somebody made a very interesting point the other day, and I could I had no argument for it, and I'm going, some of the parents who are arguing about their children going back to school are quite happy to drag them down a supermarket where it's just a fucking free-for-all. As soon as you get in any supermarket, it's a free-for-all, you know? People are whizzing about, people are squeezing past you, people are reaching over you, people are queued at the door, you know, you get to tills, people are standing at the tills, people are nudging near you. Even even their day, I went to Morrison's, and I have to say they've probably got the best layout that I had seen uh, in a supermarket with regards to controlling the flow and then how you queue for the tills, right? It, it was it was the best. And even there, after I'd, I'd queued up and I remember putting my stuff on the on the conveyor belt on the conveyor belt, and I, I let it all go forward, so I left quite a space uh, on the conveyor on the conveyor belt. my nose and then I put one of the dividers right basically to give myself a bit of distance between the next person because it was a woman behind me and she looked eager to get fucking out of Morrison's right and she just blazed in and the first thing she did was take the divider and move it forward and I just thought why do you think I've put that there you fucking stupid cow anyway get the shopping go to pay for it uh, do the card and the 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 sneeze guard, which those things are called, also fossil. Has anyone ever sneezed on a sneeze guard? I think in my almost thirty six years of existence, I have never in my life seen nor heard of anyone sneezing on a sneeze guard. And what what is a sneeze guard going to do? What is it going to do for to protect you against an airborne virus? Surely, it just goes over or under. Then there's other questions like, if if it is if you can pass it to each other, then why is everyone in a supermarket no wearing a mask? Why are the cashiers no wearing masks? How are they not getting it? There's just so there's just so many questions. Anyway, so did the thing, keeping my distance, and I am, I'll be honest, 
I am very conscious of doing everything right, keeping my distance, um, no cutting corners when I go to supermarkets. And I do that through fear. Not fear of getting the virus, fear of getting a bollocking after the message when I get home because she is full vigilante. Wash your hands, you cunt. Didn't he touch that, you cunt? Keep back, you bastard. Did you touch him? Wash your hands, you cunt. You're in the house. Wash your hands, you... Full on, right? Did everything Morrison's, keep my distance, packed my bags, put in a trolley, and then she just hands me the receipt. And I'm just thinking, like, after everything that you go through, to distance from yourself, that you have that one connection where she hands you, she hands you the receipt. I don't know. Do you know what it is? I'm just, it's hot. It's too hot, right? And I'm just tired. I think we're all tired. I'm just tired of being in this situation now where it feels like, and I don't want to say it, but it feels now like it's unnecessary for us to remain in lockdown. That That's what it feels like to me. And I'm probably wrong, and I hope I'm no wrong, and I hope to God there is not another second spike. If there is, and if there is, do you know what? If there's not a second spike, then I would love to have the reasoning behind there not being a second spike. And I'd love to know what the purpose of the fear-mongering for a second spike was. So, recycle. Keep those milk bottles. <laughs> Fill it with as much beer as you can carry. While we're talking briefly about, I say briefly, we're fucking 20 minutes in, but while we're talking about um, government lockdown rules, can can we find the person or persons responsible for hiring the sign language interpreters currently working with the Scottish government? Because these fuckers are out of control. Now, I turn the television on, for some reason, my television always goes on to Channel 1 when you first start it up. BBC News was on. And I don't know if I was watching some lesbian underground rave, but this woman, with an aggressive uh, side parting in her hair, was hand-jiving to an extent... I have never seen such aggressive sign language in my life. Now, there was a couple of times when you would you would see sign interpreters, sign language... Pe- I don't know what they're called. Signers. Is they called signers? Signers, right? Uh, late at night, when Hollyoaks came on at five in the morning, and you'd be like, oh no, the wee woman's going to tell you, but up too late. Or, if you had to watch something in school, and there was a wee sign language fuck at the bottom, hand jiving away, right? I don't know sign language. Um, I'm no deaf. Um, I mean, that's a lie. I know, I know that. That's bullshit. Bull. Shit. And obviously. I mean, that's really all the same language you need, know. Has there been a dramatic increase in deaf people in Scotland? I don't know. Is there a large group of Scottish deaf community? The silent majority. <laughs> no pun intended. I don't know. Is it a case of the sudden rise in popularity of 
signers since Mandela's funeral when the fucking guy was up giving it big licks, you know? Disney no sign language, yeah? Like that guy was brought in the BBC did the interview and he's like, I'm fuck, I'm a taxi driver. And he had to sit there, the poor bastard. The guy's been at Mandela's funeral, he's trying to get somebody to sign off in the volvance and he's like, we need to interpret up, he's like, mate, I'm here with a fucking catering company. Up you get. Fucking, it's terribly sad that we've lost the big man. You know, and now everyone's like, I need a signer. Get me a fucking signer. How how many deaf people are sitting at home? You know, going, I wish they had a fucker thing. I can't understand a word that's going on here. What happened to what happened to subtitles? Huh? What happened to subtitles? We all enjoy a subtitle, especially on the news, especially when it's live. We all enjoy reading a subtitle to see if they fuck up a word. It brings us together as a family. Eh? You know, when they, when they, they would say, for example, uh, the government on Wednesday will release the statement and she would type up the government on with the dad's thing. Like, oh, they spelled the word wrong! Ah! But now we've got fucking militant sign lines going like that. Stay in your house, you fucking dick. Rain in the sign language, people. Rain them in. Since we uh, have last spoke, the murder of George Floyd has dominated the news. Sadly, not enough in this country, I think. Um, I often find it interesting when ever I try and watch BBC News. Uh, maybe not Sky News. Maybe maybe they're a bit less than the BBC. But certainly when I watch BBC News and they seem to be interested in running stories of someone who's getting married at home or some school that's been spray-painting lines so the kids can play a game in order to return. When innocent people are being brutally murdered at the hands of the police, not only abroad, but also at home. One of the interesting things that um, I have realised about the video of George Floyd is just, just think for a second. Just think for a second that these men and women are more than happy to display levels of violence and levels of cruelty which have no place in civilised society. Imagine for a second what goes on when you can't see them. Imagine for a second the horrific beatings that have happened in police custody when there's been no one there to film it, imagine the horrific police brutality that has happened. Deaths, murders, meanings, when no one's been there to film it. And not only do they get away with it, but they go home, they have a good night's sleep, and they get up and they do it again. I'll, I'll say this just now. I have absolute zero respect for the police, none at all. Um, you can say I'm wrong. You can try and debate or argue with me. You will never change my mind on that. I have no respect for the police in this country or abroad. I think our legal system uh, is being brought into question. I think we 
once proud ourselves, especially in Scotland, with Scots law, on an incredible legal system, and I think it has been dragged down to their level over the last decade or so. I honestly believe if you are, if you are a parent and your teenage son or daughter says to you, expresses an interest in joining the police, you have a duty to get them into therapy as quick as you can because there's something wrong with your child. Also, if you are a young adult and you are one of these people who think that I'm going to join the police to make a change in my community, become a social worker. Become a social worker. If you genuinely, at the bottom of your heart, think, I am going to join the police to make a change in my community, become a social worker, you will have a far greater impact on your community than you would as a police officer. I I don't imagine for a second there isn't any of you who are unaware of this story. Um, a gentleman by the name of George Floyd, um, detained forcefully by police. Uh, three officers were kneeling on his legs and back and another uh, officer knelt on his throat to detain him for upwards of nine minutes during which time he died. I have been unable to watch the video to the end. Um, it's it's distressing. It's horrific. You you are what we have become completely desensitized to this stuff. Rise of social media, the internet, the way in which people can share videos, share files. We've all been sent stuff over the years that's pretty shocking or disgusting, but we've seen enough and that it completely desensitizes. To there was a time when. People being dragged off by ISIS and the Taliban in the middle of a football pitch and shot or beheaded was shocking to us. Now none of it shocks us. None of it shocks us. It's pornography. You know, it is it is pornography. The fact that we are able to watch videos of people being killed and have no emotion to it is shocking. And it's something that has to stop. I was unable to watch the video when he was pleading. Imagine that for a second. Imagine being detained by the people who you believe are there to protect us. And they are they are killing you. You're being murdered. You're being killed. As people watch and as people film. And you are begging for your life. Begging for your life. You're not asking them to stop because it's sore or you're asking them to get off you because you're, you're uncomfortable or you feel as though you're being treated wrongly. You are begging for someone who is there to protect you. You're begging them not to kill you. The protests and riots obviously started straight after. Um... And I think that anybody who has watched any of the footage will know that every single one of those officers is a murderer. Not just the fucking piece of shit, the bag of human waste that was on Mr. Floyd's neck. Every single one of them. The men who were kneeling on his legs and back. The wee fucking fat prick that was standing by. Every single one of those men should spend the rest of their life in prison. And it is unfortunate 
that the Americans have someone like Trump in the highest position of office. I don't know who you are. If that, if the video of George Floyd being murdered doesn't move you and doesn't anger you, because it should anger you. As soon as that video came out, every single one of those police officers should have been placed under arrest and should have been charged with first-degree murder. None of this third-degree bullshit. First-degree murder. Every single one of them. And they should be made an example of. And this should be the moment when there is a, a real change in the world. Maybe when we started this pandemic, this lockdown, we felt completely distanced from certain parts of the world. There was a real a real rise in racism and, and hate crime. And the interesting thing as well is that as much as we are horrified by what's happened in America, this stuff happens at home as well. I reposted a video that was on Twitter um, of a, a black ambulance driver being harassed by police and within the space of 20 seconds she goes from what is your name to you're being detained under the drug act or something. They thought the guy was a drug dealer. You may not understand what white privilege is and I think there's levels to it. I think that a lot of us will feel as though we have been hard done by because we maybe are struggling economically. We will see people around us um, and we will feel that we we don't have white privilege. I don't buy into the idea that we are all the same, for example, we're all in this together. I think there is definitely still a class system in Scotland and I think there is still a social standing in this country. But you cannot deny that as a white person, you will never fully understand the levels of harassment that a person of colour or a black man would have received from the police. We got a bit, fair bit of harassment when we were young growing up just because we're daft boys kicking about off the police. But I cannot imagine what that would have been like if I was a young black man growing up where I grew up. The the protests I don't think you can I don't think you can look down on people or criticize people for for some of the violence because it's a it's a pressure cooker man, right? It's a pressure cooker. And if you look at it like that, if you look at something like a pressure cooker or you even look at, for example, the an oil rig, right, when you see the flames burn the top, you've got to burn a bit off. You've got to knock a bit of the pressure off. You open your pressure cooker, you knock a bit of the pressure off it before you can get inside. You have to allow... You have to allow for some anger to be expressed in this initial time. Because people will have gone their whole lives being oppressed, being harassed, you know, being fearful, out and about, 
you know, suddenly police turn up and they're scared that of a, a whole group, they're going to be targeted because they're black. And none of us will ever understand that. And there may be some of you go, I do get it. And you don't. You'll never truly understand it because you've never lived it. It's the same with these fucking pieces of shit that are posting on their social media about all lives matter. You don't have to say that. You really don't have to say that. Because you're, you're not saying it from a position of, but all lives matter. All lives do matter. But right now, black lives matter because those are the ones who are being killed. There's no white people being killed by the police. It's black people. Murdered. Gunned down. Shot. Abused. Harassed. Attacked. How many? Even in my life. I'm, I'm 35 years of age. I'm 36 next month. In my lifetime, since I've been a young adult, I have lost count of the amount of times I have seen black Americans being attacked or being killed by the police. Lost count. And nothing has changed. So maybe now that we're in a situation where people have time, people are at home, people are able to see what's happening and people are also now starting to realise the injustice that's going on in this country by our news channels our media outlets the way that in which we bring the message to people something something has to change and I hope that this is maybe the start of something um What I found, I mean, even, I was going to say I found it shocking, but it's no shocking at all. I, I imagine most of you as well will have seen the clips of these fucking white Nazi bastards. Did you, I, the one that sticks out for me is, there's two, there's a woman who initially, the start of the video is um, four or five black people attacking this woman in a mobility scooter, right? And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then... The video then kicks on to go back to the start and replays it. This woman is outside a shop trying to stab people as they come out. Trying to stab black people as they come out of the shop. She's sitting in a mobility scooter with a knife and she's trying to stab people as they come out. What the fuck is going on? What the actual fuck is happening? Or, or the guy who we saw in the news, face all bust up, saying he was just trying to go out for a walk or get his car and he'd been attacked by people. And then they show the actual footage because he didn't know he was being filmed and he's standing with a fucking crossbow. A crossbow. <laughs> I mean. Standing with a crossbow. A bow and arrow like he's a fucking Apache Indian. Trying to shoot black people with a bow and arrow. What the fuck is happening? Now, Imagine that scenario. Imagine a scenario where an elderly disabled woman is trying to attack you with a knife or an, an elderly man is trying to shoot you with a crossbow, both of which are white. You are a young black man. What would you do? Because you can't go to the police. You cannot go to the police because they don't care about you. If anything, the story would be twisted or their side of the story would be believed over yours simply because you're a young black man. 
and you, in the end, you would be charged. I, I cannot even begin to imagine what it must be like. Cannot begin to imagine. And we've seen things like the police. You've you seen the one when they pile up the bricks. Suddenly a load of uh, black protesters come in the corners, a pile of bricks just sitting there. It's stuff like that. And yes, some of these things are conspiracy theories again. And yes, you think some of this stuff is planted and you can't believe everything you see in the media. Of course you can't. But there has been enough in my short lifetime to show that racism not only still exists in America, still exists in this country. People are profiled because of the colour of their skin. Something's got to change, man. Something's got to change. But what that change is, I don't know. I can tell you right now, posting a black image um, onto your social media is not going to be enough. You know, it's not going to be enough. I, I suggested the other day, do we start to to boycott American goods and services? Because that, unfortunately, I, I've said this before in the podcast, money, sex and power, that's it. That's the only three things in this world that matters. Money, sex and power. That's how you get people. That's how you influence them. That's what drives them. Money, sex and power. One of those three things or all of those three things. You can't change this situation with money. You can maybe throw some money at it. In fact, money is probably the way to change it. Money is the way to change it. Especially with America. Especially with government. That's what they respond to. Yes, they respond to some form of organised protest, yes. You know, we're certainly at the point now with, with government and democracy that these things can't be ignored anymore. But money's how you get them. You fuck with the British economy, with the American economy. That's how you are heard. If suddenly we stop drinking Coca-Cola, you know, we stop using Amazon for deliveries. You know, we stop using iTunes. You know, American, big American companies. We stop, we stop buying their products. But how many of you would be willing to do that? That that's the thing, and that's what these discussions come down to as well. This is what it comes down to. How far are people willing to go to really make a change? Because change is not going to happen. I don't think. From from protesting, it's not change is not going to come. But we've shown that in the past. It doesn't matter. It will eventually go away. You can't. This has to be one story that cannot be allowed to die. It cannot be allowed to end. It has to keep going until something is changed. And money, the economy, hit them hard. That may be the way to do it. I don't know. But what I would ask, if you have been moved by these incidents, if, if it's awoken something inside you, if, if you are starting to take an interest in these things, let's all understand it is happening here. It's happening in this country. Right now, it is happening. So we do all we can. Sign the petitions for the states. Share the stuff on social media. But if there are protests, if there are marches in a town or near a town where you are, I 
attend them. You know, stand with local communities, local minorities within your community and try and make a difference at home as well. It's a it's a horrific a horrific thing to happen to anybody. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely nothing funny to say about that one. Some things just aren't funny. And what happened to George Floyd? There's no humour in that situation at all. Right, um, let's do some listeners' questions, shall we? <laughs> let's try and... I was going to say let's try and get a bit more joy in it, but you know what? The uh, the world's a bit of... I was going to say the world's a bit of a bad place now, but... This has... In, in, a, in a horrible way, this had to happen. You know? There, there needs to be change. And hopefully, hopefully we can start to make some change. And let's leave it at that, because there's a lot that I, I can feel myself getting angry again, and I don't want to have to record another podcast, because this will now be the fourth time. Um, so let's look at some let's look at some questions. These are all from uh, Facebook, so thank you to everybody who got in touch. Again, um, if you go to my website, you can get all the links to the social media pages on there. Facebook is Scott Gibson Comedy, Instagram and Twitter is at Big Scott Gibson. I've also just made a Twitter account for the podcast. It is at Battlefield Pod. Um, if you would like to go and follow that page, that is where I will be posting all the links to the episodes and some clips and some other bits and pieces um, over the next kind of months and so. So let's try and build that page up as well. So on Twitter, it's at Battlefield Pod. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter. Um, right. Stevie Barton. Stevie boy. Uh, Stephen Barton has asked, how much material have you managed to get out of this situation for future shows? Absolutely fuck all, Stevie boy. Fuck all. Um, I've spoken to a few, I've spoken to a few comic friends. It seems as if the general consensus is not many of us are writing. Now, there are a few uh, people who I've spoken to who are writing um, every day, as they usually did, and they are shite comics. Uh, they were shite before lockdown. They'll be shite after lockdown. Nothing's really happening now. It's, it's an odd one because we're all experiencing the same thing to a certain extent. Um... Because I am a storyteller, so because I tell I tell stories, hence a storyteller, there will be situations that have happened um, at home or during lockdown that by the time I come to tour again, those will still be in my head. Um, right now, what I've been doing uh, on the kind of stand-up side, other than podcasts and uh, different things for, for the website... I've been taking bits of material that I I have worked on in the um, the work in progress shows at the start of the year in March, and trying to refine them a little bit and try and kind of bring them up to date. 
And little things like going back through old notebooks, which has always been a good thing for me. Um, I have written a lot in the past, ideas, different stuff that has never grown. And I'll, I'll in the last two shows that I've done, both of the kind of main stories, if you like, or the, the biggest bits have actually came from old ideas that I had like way back at the start that I had in my first ever notebook and I just wasn't probably a good enough comic at the time to do anything with them and as the years have gone on and I've got better and I've found my voice, my voice and I understand more about structuring and how I can kind of weave things in and out and change stuff um, it's been easier to take an original idea that I maybe once thought was funny at the time and then can I grow that into a bit of material? So that that's probably what I've been doing more than actually sitting down. But then, to be fair to me, I have never sat down and wrote anything. It's, it's not never how I've worked. I write stuff on stage. If anybody's ever came to see any like the Scott Gibson and Friends or the new material nights I do, I will literally that day, sometimes even that night when I arrive in the club, I will sit down with a pen and a notebook and I will write down 10 things that I maybe want to talk about or something that I find funny. It could be one word. And I then go on stage and I just talk about it and I and I'll, and I I see where it goes. Um, the best, I mean, just an example I'm thinking of off the top of my head here. The, the very last time that I did one of these new material nights in Edinburgh, um, again, an example of how it works. So that day, walking to the gig... I saw a man in the park um, and his dog was run away from him, right? And he kept shouting to the dog like, Benji! Benji! And the dog was going up to other people in the park and putting his ball down and asking people to throw his ball, right? And the guy kept saying, I'm really sorry, Benji! And was chasing after the dog. Now, when he got to the dog, I realised the guy's only got one arm, right? And he leaned down and he kind of tried to control the dog and clip his lead on and take it away. And I'm going, that dog's a fucking bastard. He's basically going, my dad's lost an arm, it's a throwing arm, and he's getting other people to throw the ball. Now, I saw that on the way to the gig. So I write down on my pad, uh, guy with one arm plus dog, right? Go on stage. Then I just talk about it. And I did the exact same thing I just did to you. Know, I just told what I saw. And, and then because you're comfortable on stage and you maybe understand how structure works and, you know, reveals or... You know how to tell a story. You start to embellish it, you start to go further, you start to talk about how he lost his arm, the resentment of the dog, and you build and you build and you build. And that is how I write material. So I've always done it. Um, so this lockdown has been difficult for me to generate new stuff because I don't have that option to stand on a stage. But I, I am kind of going over things in my head. So there's, there's nothing at the moment that has stood out, you know, that I've gone, my God, that's spectacular. But there's a few ideas, and there's certainly there's certainly some some things brewing as to what maybe the show will be about now. I think maybe the idea of the show might change, um, and I think maybe the maybe the maybe the message of the show might be slightly different. But right now, mate, nothing major has come out. Uh, it's more so kind of fortifying what I've got and kind of and kind of solidifying the stuff that's that I thought was definitely going to be in the show now going right that's cemented in and here's a kind of better version of it so aye and the new show should be good um 
touring from January to right now April of 2021, but it looks as if it might be extended into May. Uh, on course, as I said, to be the biggest tour that I've ever done, uh, date-wise. So very much looking forward to it. I'm um, going to keep chipping away for the rest of this month and we'll definitely have um, tickets and information all going on sale in July. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you've never seen me live, uh, come and see me live because I tell you right now, I am one of the best comedians you have never heard of. In fact, I'm the best. I'm fucking dynamite. So join the mailing list, sign up. Information on the new tour will be coming out very soon. Thanks for that, Steve. Um... Uh, who have we got here? Uh, David Kerr uh, on the Facebook has asked, should impending liver failure be considered one of the symptoms of COVID-19? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of us are boozing. He- here's the thing, right? Are you drinking more than you used to drink? Genuinely. And don't just go, oh, big man, I'm having vodka in my cereal. I... A couple of weeks into lockdown, I said to the missus going, I, I think I'm turning into an alky. Like, I, I feel as if I'm drinking all the time. And then when I actually thought about it, I wasn't drinking any more than what I was normally drinking. I maybe drank one or two nights, maybe three nights during the week. So like Sunday to Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday, I would have been away working. And if I was down south, I'm staying in a hotel. So I would have been drinking. And if anything, I'm, I'm drinking less at home at the weekend than I would have drank when I'm away at work. I see a lot of people, and I don't know if this is a, a Scottish thing where we've got to be hard on ourselves all the time, but I'm seeing a lot of people going, the amount I'm drinking is fucking shocking, man. Honest to God. Really, when you think about it, I don't think I'm drinking any more than I was before lockdown. Now, if you're sitting there po- polishing off two bottles of port before midday, there's a problem, right? Maybe you're unhappy. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're drinking your feelings. I don't know. I imagine there's probably a few of us who are stuck at home with a partner that we can't wait to get rid of and you're drinking away your worries. I wonder how many people... I guarantee you this... See the first full weekend when lockdown's lifted, like nightclubs are open, bars are open. The amount of people who will be getting their stomach pumped. See if the NHS think they are stretched with COVID-19. Wait until that first weekend when everybody's out their fucking dial. That's when really we'll test the NHS. That's when, see the fucking death chamber they built at the SECC? That's what that's for. It's not for COVID-19. That is for incubators for breathing. No chance. Regulators, forget it. That is cunts to get their stomach pumped. That's what that is. That's 4,000 beds waiting for the first weekend in Glasgow when nightclubs are open again for people to get in there and get their stomach pumped. That is going to be carnage. Absolute carnage. But don't worry about it, David. Bye. Have a pint or two, mate. What's, what's the big deal? Know what I mean? Enjoy yourself, man. Enjoy yourself. Um, Stuart Morrison has asked that you go do any quality journalism for the Metro. Do you know what, Stuart? Since you've asked, big man, let's let's take a wee look at the Metro and let's see what's happening here. Um, oh my God! First of all, thank you to everybody who got in touch with questions. I know some of you put them on Instagram. 
Um, I I I forgot to check the questions on Instagram before we started recording, so apologies for that. But if you do have questions for the show, topics, or any you want to discuss with me or hear me rant about, then get in touch, follow the social media pages, drop me a message, and um, we'll do that on episode 32. I can't believe this is 31. 31 episodes of quality ranting. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, I should say now, if if you haven't already joined the Patreon, then join, man. Sign up, right? Five dollars. What is that? Pennies. Fucking pennies. To get an extra Patreon episode every Friday. Access to The Officer's Mess, episode three with Zach Zucker, dropped this week. You know? It pays to be a Patreon, let me tell you that. So go to the website, follow the links, or go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, and fucking sign up, man. Subscribe to the show. Right, Metro, quality journalism as always. Let's go into this story here, um, and this is for Morris. Morris Stewart, what an eight is that? No, is that Stuart Morris? And you've put it backwards because you don't want any... Old dirties that you used to pump back in the day finding you on Facebook, eh? Or is your first name actually Morris? Um we've no we've not done some metro news for a while, and I think it's because um I just feel as if everyone's COVID nineteen. Um but I forget that the Metro does us the service of finding the great and good news stories from across the world. So let's fucking dive in, guys. Now, if this is the first time listening to this section of the show, I am reading these news stories for the first time, so we will learn together. Um, Metro, this was on Tuesday the 26th of May, uh, old story, by Zoe Derwitt, um, again, we, we are familiar with Zoe's work, the headline reads, man with shoe fetish stole 126 flip-flops so he could have sex with them. Again, if this is your first time tuning into this section of the show, please understand what's happening in the world right now. Global pandemic, millions of people suffering, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands dead, fear of a possible second wave, innocent black men murdered in the street, rioting, protesting, but the Metro staying true to real journalism, finger on the pulse, I've brought us this story, I'll read the headline again, man, with shoe fetish, stole 126 flip-flops so he could have sex with them. Let's read on. A man has been arrested in Thailand. Say no more! Say no more! See if you had a a shoe fetish, right? Flip-flop in particular. Some Some people are into shoes, some people are into feet. I personally think these people are weird and disgusting, but who am I to judge? We've all got our own kinks. We all know what we like. We all know what gets us off. It's not to be ashamed of, right? As long as it isn't hurting anybody, right? As long as it's not illegal, nothing to be ashamed of at all. You like to put squirty cream on your nipples and sing happy birthday? Who, who cares, right? Who cares, right? As long as it makes you happy, your partner happy, it gets you off, who cares, right, don't, don't be ashamed of your kinks, you know, 
You like to stick a pen up your bum and then you write people's name in a bit of paper? Who cares? Okay? Who cares? Now, if you're into shoes and flip-flops are your thing, Thailand's the place to be, innit? Innit? Thailand is the place to be. Anywhere around that bit of kind of Asia, right, where there's a lot of pavement slappers kicking about, that's the place to be, man. Huh? Let's read on. Um... Therapat Karai, 24, had a fetish for flip-flops and was found with a staggering, a staggering, 126 pairs that he had pinched from locals in Nontapburi, Central Thailand police said. Unbelievable. 126 pairs of fucking flip-flops. What a bastard. Officers identified Kala using footage from CCTV set up outside his latest alleged victim's house. <laughs> They've set up a sting operation to catch the flip-flop shagger. How did they know that this person was going to be a victim? Do they have very expensive flip-flops? You know? What, what, here's, what is it about shoes? If there's anybody out there listening to this who's, who's got a thing for feet, I got a thing for shoes. What is it? Is it an attractive shoe? Is it more the foot? Is it a stinky foot? Oh, you know? If somebody's got a richt ratten pair of tootsies, you're like, oh, give me that shoe, you dirty fucking bastard. Huh? Certainly somebody's shoes having a cut of tea. Oh, my bunions are killing me. Get these shoes off. Oh, you're fucking dirty. What is it? How did they know she was going to be a victim? Or he. Or he. Hey, 2020, man. It can shag guy shoes as well. Um, when they searched the man's home, they found his sprawling collection of shoes that he claimed he'd been collecting for more than two years. Kalaye said he would wear them around his home and it turned him on, police claimed. I mean, let's... Do you know what? See the way the world is now and how fucked up and weird it is? I would rather he stole flip-flops than people's faces, right? Would you know? Would you know rather read a news story going, some guy stole 126 pair of flip-flops? I'd rather read that than going, policemen entered Kalari's house and found 126 masks made of human skin. Just give the guy a break, know what I mean? He allegedly told officers that after several hours of wearing the flip-flops, he cuddled and kissed them, stripping off, rubbing them on his body before having sex with them. How do you shag a flip-flop? How do you have sex with a flip-flop? Do you, ja- do you jam it in the kind of you know, the bit that goes over the foot? Do you jam your bobby in there and then... <laughs> or do you mash them together? Like you're shaping butter? Just fucking mash your bobby into the flip-flops. I don't know. Police said his, in collection, his collection included dozens of different brands. Yeah, he's not, he's not, yeah, he likes a brand. You know, he's not loyal to one brand. Right? He's not an Adidas man. You know? If he saw a, a cheeky wee pair of Nike flip-flops, you know, teasing him, he's not going to say, I'm not putting my cock in you. I'm, I'm Adidas only. He loves a brand. Uh, again, different sizes and colours. Um, all of them well-worn, though. That seems to be the thing. He likes a well-worn flip-flop. Somebody's broke it in for him. The vast array of footwear was laid out 
in front of the Northumbria police station as part of a press conference on Monday. I mean, how slow a news day is it? It just looks like a lot of people have gone inside a shop and left their shoes outside. The police have lined up 126 pairs of flip-flops for the uh, for the press. <laughs> for the local press to, to take a picture of. Um... Goliath admitted three charges of nighttime theft and snatching, um, possessing a digital transceiver without permission and violating the coronavirus curfew, police said. Major Colonel Ekahop Pash, I'm not even going to attempt to say that surname, told local media it was not Goliath's first offence for similar acts. He's a dirty flip-flopping bastard! Is he back in here again? I swear to God, see if it's it's flip-flops again! The fucking, I told them, didn't I? I says, buy one pair and shag them till they're done. An empire, how many? 126? Dirty bastard. Police colonel said, after we arrested the suspect, we also found he had already been arrested last year for stealing flip-flops in another district. He's gone district to district, man. He's, he's inter-district. The man knows no fucking boundaries. You know? There's a bloody global pandemic on and he's out fucking shagging flip-flops. Unbelievable. Uh, he's been detained at the station until a court appearance uh, for prosecutors can decide on the next part of the legal process for him. Again, Zoe Derwitt, journalist. Eh? Parents are proud. Bringing you stories of a man who is uh, stealing flip-flops. And on 26. Right, what else we got here? Um... Seagull flies into a woman's house and vomits. <laughs> I mean, I can't even read this fucking story here. Seagull fly. Let's just Harrison Jones, a new name to us in the world of Metro News. Um, obviously of the same journalistic standings as the other pair of dicks. Seagull flies into a woman's house and vomits on her counter. News, global news. That there are there are people being murdered in the streets. Murdered in the streets. And the metro's gone away. A seagull vomits in a woman's kitchen. This is the moment an unwelcome avian visitor makes themselves at home in a woman's house before violently throwing up in the kitchen counter. <laughs> video footage. Of course it's been videoed. Of course it's been videoed. In America, they film innocent black men being murdered in the street. And in the UK, seagulls in your kitchen. Video footage shows the seagull waltzing, waltzing like he owns the place, waltzing through a Brighton, ah, oh God, living room, seemingly terrified tenants, uh, Natalie and Charlotte, scream at it to leave. Get in the fuck out, you dirty bastard. The bird is seen waddling around, cries of get out, before it flies across the living room, appearing to head towards the garden door. Finally, success before it then takes a detour to the kitchen and begins to gag. After being sick on the work surface, it flies into the garden before eventually being shooed away from the scene. Shooed. Shooed. This is why I don't read the Metro anymore. My anger levels can't take this. How is this news? How is this news? Like, why is this even being given the time of day? Who is taking the time to film a seagull being sick in their house 
and then thought, do you know what? The world media needs to know about this. Recruitment worker Natalie from Brighton said her housemate was was sick herself after seeing the grim, gloppy, rice-like vomit by Stephen Siegel. Oh my God. Stephen Siegel. I apologise for reading that out loud. Natalie then went on to explain we were on a Zoom call to our friends doing a quiz. You fucking hipster bastards. When it just walked in. It's always staring at us from the fence in the garden. Our whole house is white, so we thought it would just walk into the toilet or something like that. What? Your whole house is white, so you thought it would just walk into the toilet? What are you talking about? We were falling that about because I was worried it would steal my Love Island water bottle or do something with the bottle of champagne. Let me just read that to you again. We were falling about the house because I was worried it would steal my Love Island water bottle or do something with the bottle of champagne. There is no hope for this country anymore. There is no hope. Okay? It's time to start the purge. It is time to start the purge. We need a fresh slate. Alright? We need to start again. There would have been a time when everyone's asked the question, if there was a fire in your house, what one item would you save? And people would say things like, a photograph of my family, or the dog, or one of my siblings. And this fucking hipster bastard is worried that a seagull might steal her Love Island water bottle. I don't want to be part of this world anymore. I really fucking don't. Natalie went on to say, we were quite drunk at the time and we were just screaming. Our friends could see it from the laptop on the table. They were trying to film it all. There you go. So what's happened is the story is that uh, a seagull has flown into a pair of hipster twats house in Brighton. Uh, they filmed it and then there's been a blind panic because she's worried it may try, and I quote, steal her Love Island water bottle. And then the pigeon has vomited on the kitchen counter and flown away. And the real hero in that story is the fucking, is the seagull, sorry, not a pigeon, it's a seagull. It's came in there, it's went, what the fuck am I doing in this house with these pair of dicks? I imagine they've got some incense or some expensive candle burning and the seagulls went, that smells disgusting. It's landed on the kitchen, it's vomited and it's left. Seagull, you are the true hero of this story, son. I hope you went on to live a, a long and happy life and stole as many chips as you could from people on Brighton Front. There you go. What are some of the other stories that we don't have time to read because my anger is going through the roof? Fox rescued after getting his head stuck in a car wheel. As you do. And uh, you can kick someone else's ball, but you can't touch them. Well, there's a story that'll have to wait for another day. Right. Thank you to everybody for your questions. Um, I never got a chance to ask them all. I will try and do them on the Patreon episode that will be coming out this Friday. Um, right, same as before, a bit of homework for you. If you love the show, subscribe to it. 
It's amazing the amount of people who listen and don't fucking subscribe. It blows my mind. However you're listening to this, whether it be Spotify, whether it be iTunes, whether it be SoundCloud, once you finish listening to the episode, hit the subscribe button and you will get every episode as it drops. Every single Wednesday an episode comes out, every single Friday a Patreon episode comes out. If you want access to everything, eight episodes a month, sign up for $5. Right. Stay safe, look after yourselves, don't drive to somebody's house and then take a shite there, you're not allowed, sign the petitions, find out where a Black Lives Matter march is happening in your town this weekend, and get on there. Stay safe, wash your hands, and your arsehole, episode 31, in the bag, anything else to say? Not at this point, let's finish this and get a fan on. Because it's fucking sweltering in here. Right, team. All the best. Love you long time. See you in a battlefield soon. Onwards. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.